Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode of that 400K podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about the mistakes that plan sponsors should avoid when dealing with the Department of Labor slash IRS audit. Of course, first things first, that 400K conference, we're going to be live at the Las Vegas, uh, uh, on the Las Vegas Strip, New York, New York Hotel, Casino, January 21, special guest, NBA Hall of Fame member, Spencer Haywood. Um, should be interesting. Uh, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but uh, they just uh, launched the trailer for John C. Riley playing Dr. Jerry Buss in a kind of like a Showtime uh, NBA Lakers uh, miniseries for HBO Max, which looks fantastic. And of course, Spencer was part of that team uh, in the beginning, um, the 79-80 team that won the NBA championship. Um, so should be an interesting guest. Phoenix, Chase Field, April the 8th, uh, Miami, Lone Depot Park, June 24th. We're trying to book some other events as well. And, of course, the National Virtual Conference, uh, the 27th, 28th of January, that will be um, available to watch online for $20.22. For all our events, go to thatfornacaysite.com uh, for further information and to sign up. Uh, You know, it's always interesting um, when you talk to people, and, and I, I think the older I get, the more I'm becoming more and more like Larry David, just dealing with people. Uh, the only difference between me and Larry David is I, I'm not as uh, verbose uh, as to my complaints in public. I'll just talk behind people's back and, and write articles about it. Uh, but, you know, recently... Um, You know, it's always interesting. I, I go to a local bagel store, and I don't think that you know people may realize this, but about six years ago, um, I was really terribly overweight, the highest uh, weight that I've ever been. Uh, you know, the 40 pounds I lost in high school were long gone. I was even heavier than I was in high school. And um, I was tested by the doctor, had high cholesterol, and I was pre-diabetic and diabetes you know, fear. I have a fear of diabetes. I don't want to give myself insulin shots. It just doesn't seem like something I want to do. And, you know, honestly, for two years after that diagnosis, I really didn't do much. And then, you know, 2019 and the 2018, uh, I lost over 40 pounds. Uh, maybe I've gained 10 of that back, but um, I went to a local bagel store and there was a time where I—I I wouldn't say I fell off the wagon, but I was eating their um, uh, low-carb bagels, and um, you know, uh, at that point I was gaining a couple pounds, and I've just swore them off. I'm like eating now four percent cottage cheese for breakfast, and that kind of does the trick for me. But I went to a local bagel store, and the woman was telling me, you know, I—I I drink a lot of diet soda, and how diet soda is bad for me, and she smokes cigarettes, and. I kind of find that funny. Um, my grandfather died of lung cancer. Um, I, I, ever since then, once he got the diagnosis, even before then, I, I knew I was never going to smoke. It just, I, I just think it's a bad habit. And you know, to see to see somebody you really adored uh, suffer, and, and just within seven nine months of the diagnosis, he died of lung cancer. You know, he's coughing up blood, and whatnot. It kind of swore me off with smoking cigarettes. Um, 
it's interesting. I have two cousins, two first cousins who who lived in a, who lived in the same house as he did, and uh, to this day, I think they still smoke cigarettes. And I always kind of find it odd that uh, when people who smoke cigarettes are, are telling you uh, about uh, you know why you should take a COVID shot or why she should do this or why she do that, I'm like you know you don't care about your health. Why should I listen to you for advice? But that's neither here nor there. And I think that, uh, you know, people tend to focus on the wrong things. And I, I think that planned sponsors do that as well. And uh, I find that they really don't know what the heck they're doing and really are nonchalant when dealing with a government audit. And they really should uh, be considerate of a plan audit. So much of the, you know, uh, focus in this business is on retirement plan costs and litigation and whatnot. And quite honestly, the biggest threat out there for plan sponsors that are small to medium-sized plans is the actual plan audit. Um, you know, if you have a small or medium-sized plan, a class action lawsuit isn't going to happen. Class action lawyers, ERISA litigators need money, and they need to... Um, you know, sue employers with big pockets. Chevron, um, all these different, you know, Northwestern, that case, Northwestern University, that's a, that's a big, that's a big employer. You want, you know, people with a war chest that you could sue them for and, and get a settlement. They're not going to focus on small to medium-sized plans. So quite honestly, the biggest threat out there, in my opinion, is the IRS and, you know, DOL audit. And, uh, you know, the threat of litigation for most plan sponsors just doesn't really exist. Um, plan sponsors really need to understand that there are really two different types of audits. One's an IRS audit, one's a DOL audit. They audit plans on different tracks based on information 5500, but the IRS is more concerned with the plan sponsor abiding by the terms of the Internal Revenue Code. So they're concerned about the tax code. Department of Labor is concerned about participant rights. There are differences between the audits and what their focus is on. Obviously, if you're an IRS agent, you care more that the plan sponsor is uh, abiding by the terms of the code. Department of Labor is more concerned with uh, participants' rights. Um, and, you know, the government uses the audits to make sure that, you know, plans are voluntarily complying with uh, the laws that govern retirement plans. Audits can be random, could be luck of the draw of the 5500, and then um, a lot of the times is based on the answer you provide in the form 5500. Uh, you, don't ha you say you don't have an ERISA bond, then your ERISA plan, uh, that may target you. Uh, you have late deferrals, that may target you. Um, and, you know, with a Department of Labor complaint, by a participant, that may lead to an audit as well. And I, I've had to deal with situations. Uh, in plan sponsors, the problem with the plan audit is they really don't understand why they're being audited in the first place. Sometimes it's random, and unfortunately, sometimes it's because of participant complaint and they're looking for something uh, that, you know, even as a risk attorney, I don't see until the government shows me the problem. Uh, the biggest mistake that I think that plan sponsors make with a government audit is deciding to handle it on their own. Um, you know, was it Clarence Darrow who said, you know, uh, somebody who has a represents themselves, represents themselves as a fool for a client, um, unless the plan sponsor works in the retirement plan business, they really should not be representing themselves. Um, plan sponsors really don't understand how retirement plan works. They don't know how to answer IRS deal agents. Uh, 
Um, plan sponsors think that they can, if they're nice to the agent, um, they think that, uh, you know, um, they think that if they work with the agents, um, that things will be fine. I, I remember years ago, I had a financial advisor refer me to handle a client. Um, and the problem was the client said, you know what? We want this to be a, a collaborative process between us and the IRS or DOL, whatever it was. And we think an ERISA attorney uh, would, would spoil that. And I, I, it's not a, it's not a, uh, you know, a picnic. Uh, it's not a, a hoedown. Uh, the, you know, the, the order has one job to do, and uh, you know, baking them a cake uh, and playing nice isn't necessarily going to help the plan sponsor out. And I always find that plan sponsors volunteer too much information. Audit. The auditor asks a direct question, you give a direct answer, you don't volunteer information. Plan sponsors, again, trying to butter themselves up with the auditor will say something that they really shouldn't say. Uh, as far as representation, I know a lot of people use their CPA. Absolute mistake. Uh, most CPAs don't have any basic knowledge of retirement plans. You need to hire an attorney, whether it's somebody you know uh, from a law firm that has the ability to offer you a you know, has the ability to offer a plan sponsor a uh, um, attorney-client relationship. They're, they could always hire the attorney for the TPA, but obviously there is no attorney-client relationship, and there could always be a conflict between the plan sponsor and the TPA if the TPA made a mistake. Um, you know, a, a good ERISA attorney is going to do a great job of identifying the reasons behind the audit and will answer the auditor directly. And, uh, you know, I again, I, I, I recommend hiring an ERISA attorney that's independent. Again, um, you know, I, I, I see um, that too many times where, um, you know, there's a conflict between the TPA uh, and the plan sponsor, especially if uh, there are mistakes determined on the compliance testing. Another mistake that plan sponsors make is not collecting and reviewing what is requested. Um, you know, uh, if they ask you, you know, the order asks a plan sponsor for information a particular year. Um, just provide information for that year. Uh, if there are general requests for plan information, it tends to mean that there's random, it's a random audit. If there's, you know, um, something more particular, it might be that the audit, it, audit may not be random. Uh, it's important for the plan sponsor to review what is requested and get it prepared and collated. Um, I always believe that a plan sponsor does things quickly and efficiently. Uh, tend to do better with agents than, you know, pulling teeth over time and dragging the process out. I also think it's important that not only the information that's requested should be reviewed so that there are no surprises. Uh, I don't like surprises. Everybody knows that. I like to be plain told things uh, ahead of time, and uh, I don't want to hand over information that, you know, without reviewing it and seeing what, you know, the plan sponsor is up against. Um it's important to for the plan sponsor to understand what issues there are uh, before uh, the auditor discovers the error. Just my my thing. You always want to, you know. I think a plan sponsor should always be two steps ahead. Um, 
again, I, I, I think that uh, one of the biggest mistakes out there uh, is to volunteer information. Um, I've seen it too often. Um, and, and I think another big mistake is not calling the ERISA attorney when uh, the plan sponsors ordered. I, I get lots of calls from plan sponsors where the plan's been audited and there's a disqualifying, potentially disqualifying event that's been discovered. And you try to tell plan sponsors, listen, I, I, I wish you called me ahead of time. So I, I, I could have had you well prepared instead of going in unrepresented or represented by CPA doesn't know what they're doing and potentially, you know, having a catastrophic uh, situation in terms of a penalty, in terms of plain disqualification. Um, you know, I was contacted, it was, uh, I might have mentioned on the podcast, I was contacted a couple months ago by a TPA who had a client, well, wasn't a client because they couldn't service the client, uh, a plant sponsor that had not updated their documents in forever and uh, was already being audited. And, you know, it's a one-person plan. So, you know, um, when you're dealing with one-person plans, disqualification is a likely result than a plan with plant participants. And it was, it was, you know, a cluster F, as they would say. And what was interesting was, uh, you know, I, I was very, very busy at the time. And I said, you know, uh, he's one of those old-time clients, doesn't do email, doesn't do fax, that kind of stuff, which would have made things more difficult. And I said, you know what, I don't really have an office. I work out of the home. I can meet you at the local Starbucks and, and talk to you. Prepare the um, retainer letter ready to go. And he's like, I, I feel awfully strange in meeting somebody. I don't want to meet a lawyer at, at Starbucks. I'm like, I'm sorry. This is how I, I deal, especially now with COVID. I'm trying to cut back on you know, who I see and who I you know go and travel and whatnot. Needless to say, I wasn't hired. And needless to say, who knows what's going on with that plant sponsor. Um, you know, it's their personal decision. And Unfortunately, they made some very, very poor decisions, um, and you know maybe the IRS agent will feel sorry for them and get them off with a, a small penalty. But you know, one person plan, guys in his late sixties, you never know what the agent will do. Um, last but not least, I think one of the other big mistakes that plan sponsors do is not really understanding uh, what is percolating the retirement plan space. You know, audits. If you if you if you sat down for an IRA, uh, if you sat down for a deal audit, you know, 10, 15 years ago, you were asked a lot less questions, and uh, quite honestly, um, now as a plant sponsor dealing with deal audits, plant sponsors are asked more interesting questions, um, and a lot of the questions these days that the Department of Labor uh, is asking pertains to you know projects in their space. Um, Missing participants, for one, big topic for them for the last few years. Um, Cybersecurity, that's a big issue. Um, plan sponsors may not understand uh, that that can come into play. And uh, plan sponsors really need to understand, and they would if they hire a risk attorney with what's going on in their retirement plan space and how that would reflect and how an audit uh, will go in terms of collecting information. And quite honestly, it's best hiring a risk attorney who's well-prepared, 
understands the issues of the day and can really help the plant sponsor out and navigate the problems that are going on. So uh, I think of those current situations and issues, plant sponsors really need to be aware of in their town plant space, and, and they can do that by hiring the right risk attorney. Sorry for this short episode of that 4K podcast, but, you know, told you what I think I needed to tell you, and then about 60 minutes of change. So go to that 4KSite.com for further information on all our live and virtual events, even though the virtual events are live. Uh, then, like I said, go to that 4KSite.com for further information, and um, hope you uh, tune in next week for another episode of that 4K podcast.